today on a special makeup edition of the Rundown South podcast. The homie Wally Hippolito had me on the Off The Stoop podcast to come on and talk some sports and to preview the weekend. Uh, of course, we did this podcast on Saturday, so some of the stuff might sound dated, but you know, we talk more about the storylines of this NFL season and the conference finals going into the NBA finals. So just wanted to go ahead and throw this one in the feed. I hope y'all enjoy. I see y'all in a minute. Y'all know what time. Uh. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go there. All right, on today's episode of the Off the Stoop podcast, uh, special edition, actually, I'm joined by my boy C.L. Palmer, and today we're going to be talking sports. I know you're wondering to yourself, Wally, you always fucking do that on the podcast anyways. <laughs> Not like this, everybody. Today, I'm going to give you my gambling insights. I'm going to show you how much of an addict I am, and we're going to break down the last two a series for the NBA, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference Finals, and look ahead of week two of the NFL. But uh, right now, I want to introduce my homie, good friend of the program, host of the, the Rundown South podcast. Check him out, my boy, C.L. Palmer. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm good, man. I can't complain, man. I'm very much glad to be here. We are off the stoop, getting it live, man. You know, I already know when you came on to my podcast, um, this was going to be the first of many interactions between us. And uh, so I'm definitely glad to be sitting here coming on to your program. For sure, for sure. So last time we talked on, on the rundown, it was about two or three games into the bubble. And um, I had been telling you about how, you know, how lucrative it had been for me. So I wanted to update you on that a little bit. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we are fucking killing it. Okay. Killing it. <laughs> we're killing it in, in two ways, let me tell you. Okay. We're making money, which uh, which is always the end game. But at some points of the day, you do I do want to kill myself as well for making stupid bets. Really? So there are two ways that I kill myself every single day. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just had to get that out there. You know, it for everyone oh, yeah. who's thinking about gambling or is even, like, teetering uh, about um, entering this dangerous world, <laughs> I implore you to get your emotions intact first and not get too attached. <laughs> I, I would absolutely believe that. Uh I'm I'm still curious. Like, what's the what's the things that's that's really not hit, man? I'm I'm kind of curious. Well, it's a lot of the hits or a lot of my misses have been those games where you think it's a it's a slam dunk. Like, 
Okay. Put it simply. You think it's a slam dunk. Like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with, we'll go into the playoffs. Game one, uh, Bucks versus Orlando. You think it's a dead shot. Oh, eight and a half points? Of course Orlando's going to get their shit uh, pushed in by like t- 12 or 20. What happens game one? Milwaukee gets blown the fuck out, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's games like that throughout the playoffs. And even this first week of the NFL where you get discouraged. I, I have a group chat where there's at least three <coughs> three or four of us every week who who writes, damn, I regret that bet at least two or three times a day. <laughs> I, I can definitely see that when it comes to the NFL uh, because football is just so random. You know, we always talk about the way the ball bounces or whatever, but it's, <laughs> it's you know, we can – it always can go down to the science to the fact that the ball is an oblong shape. You know, it's 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 an awkwardly shaped ball. You know, yeah. compared to every other shaped ball. Bro, it, it's not a ball. It's not a ball. <laughs> that like that that's the thing about it. And if you just start there trying to bet on things that happen with that shaped object is always a dicey way to go about doing things. So I, you know, that's why when it comes to like football betting, I prefer, you know, I guess you could say like over unders, like what Mm -hmm. are, what are things that are more likely to happen than others, you know, but outcomes, I I don't like those. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, no, to your point, exactly. The ball just bounces in a weird way. And depending on what side you're rooting for or what side you're betting on in this instance, you're going to have a bad 30, 45 minutes if it goes the wrong way. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's stick on the subject of football. Um, Let's backtrack a little bit to week one. Actually, yeah, let's backtrack to a little week one. What are some things that you noticed and what are some things that you liked and disliked about week one during this during COVID season 2020. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna put a disclaimer in front of my statement uh, because we are still in NBA playoffs. Mm. NBA has priority. I don't care <laughs> as much about football when important basketball is being played. It's just a fact of life, or at least in my life, I'll just say that much. Um, so NFL was very secondary uh, to my living, but I I was able to bring in a few things over week one. Uh, I like Cam Newton in New England. It's going to mm-hmm. be probably my favorite thing to watch for the rest of the season. Last year, I was all about Baltimore and watching the MVP run. Excuse me. So this year, I'm a little bit more invested in the the whole development of Cam Newton, the outfits, him fitting in in Boston, the just like everything that could happen in the course of College Park, Cameron Newton <laughs> being. In New England, like I'm just so I'm so enamored with it, um, and kind of on 
the flip side of things is watching Tom Brady, you know, pretty much look washed in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that was like, man, it like, what's going on, Tom? Somebody said this, Brady, I mean, uh, Belichick won, Brady zero, and it's it's looking like it might be it might be 15 15 and 0 Belichick. And I I honestly love seeing this out of Tom Brady. I mean, barring he's a San Mateo kid who or California kid that never reps it, so fuck him, number one. <laughs> uh, number two, just the fact that you went to the Bucks. I mean, I understand the route of trying to uplift a franchise and create something that is i guess trying to mold something in your image i feel like that's what tom brady tried to do with this bucks move but you had to know that if you weren't gonna go at least i mean this is really early to say if you weren't gonna go one and oh against drew Brees and the saints who are very good you were gonna get shitted on for at least two or three weeks it didn't it doesn't yeah. matter if your parents playing carolina this week you're gonna get shitted on for the first game yeah, and I will say this, just like full disclosure, and I, I'm going to show it to, to my boy Wally, and, and I have the Saints Cup right here. Um, Drew Brees was over there looking washed, too. You know, it, it's, it, it ain't looking that good, bro. I'm going to just say that. Um, I didn't really think there was a situation where, you know, every quarterback in the NFC South would kind of look washed, um, but it kind of looks like that. You know, they got... I didn't even look at Carolina. I didn't even check for them. I don't even, I don't even know who they played, if they won, lost, anything. Um, uh, like, that just went I, I totally under my, under my radar. Do you know what happened? Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I took Carolina against the Raiders' money line. All right, this is my first. Ask this a gambler. The there you go. And it was <laughs> – it, 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 it looked good. And I think Derek Carr, out of all fucking people, he led a comeback drive. Uh. My brother's a Raiders fan, so he's going to text me about this shit all the time. And I simply did not give a fuck because I really thought, okay, this is an East Coast game. West right. Coast teams are primar- primarily really bad on the East Coast because they have to start early in the, earlier in the morning in their, you know, in their uh, body clocks. So I thought, okay, this is going to be an easy win. I look later, it's fucking 33-30. I took an L for the day. Like, my first bet of the season, I took a fucking L. <laughs> okay, see, I'm going to tell you what you should have probably bet on, which is probably the first half uh, on who was mm. going to be up because you're probably right. They was going to start slow. And that by about halftime, you probably would have won the bet. But because you just kind of – you had to attach yourself to Carolina holding lead. That's that was probably your error in logic right there. I wouldn't have bet on that. Yeah, I I, I see where you're going. My whole thinking was Teddy can lead a team and and do enough to beat them by one point. That's all I need. One point. I'm not asking for too much. A field goal. It That's ready. all. It ain't time yet. It's coming <laughs> though. Plus, uh, what what was it? Henry Ruggs. The Raiders rookie, he got injured during the set during the first half, so he stopped he stopped playing like I think until the end of the fourth quarter. So I really thought, okay, I'm I'm money on this. But 
for everybody doubting my prowess, I did go first half parlays on four games and I hit. Mm. So that made up. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it in regardless. We got to get it in regardless. So, you on that one, so you're a Saints fan. Uh, you said Drew Brees wasn't looking too good last week. I personally, disclaimer, I used to love Drew Brees. Um, I can honestly say the Saints are my second favorite team. I just, Drew Brees was one of my favorite players. Was my was my favorite player, actually, up until that fuck shit he said. Yeah. Where he just blatantly was ignorant or unaware mm. of who he surrounded himself with or his or who his coworkers were. After that, I was like, nope. Drew Brees is going to end up like Adam Sandler in the longest yard this season. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it, it was tough to see Drew say some of that stuff um, because it's, it was totally tone deaf. And yeah. I really expected somebody who was so tied into the culture and so... Uh, accustomed to what that struggle is and what it looks like, I really expected him to do better um, in that time. So, like, it it boggled my mind and it was disappointing at the same time. Uh, And if this just happens to be the year that Drew Brees looks washed, well, you know, that things happen for a reason. You know, it might be just time for you to get up out the paint, Drew. You know, it was good while it lasted. We knew this wasn't enough for everything. So <laughs> it's just a shame that uh it it had to happen in the twilight of his career because sometimes these lasting impressions are what people remember about you and what you yep. and what you've done in your life. Not saying that Drew Brees is a bad dude, but uh, to your point, he was completely tone deaf and to have his teammates and you know his like quote unquote brother in arms to have to call him out like that and him still try to like formulate this idea where it's okay what he said it's like damn man i i i got i can't, I can't fuck with you no more i was gonna buy a drew Brees jersey this year to commemorate him but i was like oh man i i can't do it I, I just it's, can't. A, it's a wrap bro like and you got to think about who is a fan of football like coming up right now so right now you basically got Kids that's, you know, 15 and younger who love football. It's probably going to be like one of the last things they know about Drew Brees. We know everything about Drew Brees. You know, going back to San Diego. They don't even know San Diego Drew Brees. I I wanted Drew Brees. I wanted the Niners to pick up Drew Brees the year he fucked up his collar. I was like, please get him. I know he's going to be the shit. It was it was more than evident, you know. He just needed to be in the right situation, uh, but it's it's gonna really stay in his legacy as far as like what people remember going yeah. forward. Because if things are go if things go like they're supposed to go, then there will be a time where we talk about people who said the wrong thing, um, like yeah, Drew Brees. Yeah, we remember you what you said about that. When you come back around. We'll have to bring it back up. It's always going to have to be something that we got to bring up. It's on your Wikipedia page now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't run from that. So, but it, it is what it, it is, man. It's not like a Donald Sterling situation where, you know, it was behind closed doors. It's like, no, dude, 
you were on a Yahoo interview with, I, I think, a pretty well-known journalist, and you said it face to face. You, you looked, you stared right into the camera and said, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I just have no words for it. But, uh, yeah, man, we can move on. on. Though. So, did you catch any uh, any of the games last Sunday aside from the Clippers beatdown from the of the Nuggets? <laughs> Man, I'm gonna say, you know, from everything that I watched, because um, I I actually had to go back and look at the Lakers and uh, Rocket series. Like mm-hmm. it seemed like it just happened so fast. It was like it, it was interesting at game one, and then it was just over, and it just never came back to like being anything. So that was one thing that really stuck out. I was like, "Damn!" I'm like, <laughs> "What? What?" I'm like, "Okay, so we're here now." Um, <clears throat> and I know we were we're going to talk about uh, Miami and Boston, but mm-hmm. I actually went back and watched both of those games twice. I feel like this Both is going one and, one and two. And okay. I almost thought at first this is probably going to go seven. But the more I'm looking, this might be a sweep. Okay. Hey, great transition. Elaborate. Please explain. <laughs> Please explain. So when I watched the game two, I saw two problems that Boston is going to have to figure out. For one, what are you going to do with Bam? Bam mm-hmm. is doing what he wants. And he hasn't even had like a super explosive game where he's had like 30 or 40 points or anything. But he's yeah. just impacting the game on both sides. Like yeah. for the entire time he's out there. Uh, and it's not just, and everybody listening right now, it's not just the block on the last play. He, everything, he, he has the intangibles. Everything you're talking about is everything that I saw during the game, too. He's not, it's not that he's looking to score because he can go out and get 30, 40 anytime, like you, like you alluded to. But the fact that he isn't trying to get his and get everybody incorporated into the offense and being a real anchor on defense, it's scary because. You got to think, this guy's only in year two? Yeah. Yeah. He's only in his second year out of Kentucky. He's like 20, 21 right now. And once he gets gets that 18-foot jumper down to um, to just where he doesn't have to think about it, he just pulls up, that's going to be a scary sight because you know he's just going to extend out to the three-pointer a year or two later. Right. And, you know, of course – he is a big man, so I, I expect him to add a few more post moves here and there. So there's there's nothing but a high, high ceiling for Bam already. And I was trying to explain to my girl, like, this is a dude who's good at basketball, but he's super athletic and like not just regular athletic, like MMA athletic. So he's, he's a different type of dude 
Um, and you can see that with the type of energy he brings on the floor. Uh, I'm going to say this. When I see Bam, he gets everything in the flow. And he doesn't yeah. have to work hard for it. And that's because there's so much shooting on the heat. Because mm-hmm. you have to worry about Jimmy as the first option. You roll coverage. You have to watch for hero. Like You can't leave any space on him. So it's not like you can just have a double team ready to go for Bam. So if anybody is too slow or not big enough, he can win the matchup. Yeah, yeah. And you know what else? Uh, back to, go. Let's go back to the Boston Celtics. The, the Celtics are fucking up because, not because of Bam. I mean, not completely because of Bam. It's because they're not exploiting any of their matchups. True. And the biggest matchup problem that I've seen so far is the zone. I'm sure you've seen, like, I think it's a 1-2-2 two, two zone that they're playing right now or a 3-2. So they have Jimmy up top. They have... They have three wings up top and one guard at the bottom. That guard is usually Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. I mean, what they need to do is really get Jason Tatum down there in the post and cook that man. He's a rookie. He and Jason Tatum. I mean, we're seeing like a superstar born, like being coming Becoming. born yeah. in front of our, our eyes. Like this kid is clutch. He he has. I, I agree. It's, it's, I, I know where sucks. you're going. It, it, Tatum's <laughs> on another level. He is. It sucks. No, no, no. Hold on. It sucks to say because he is so Kobe-like. And the fact that we could have actually had him and we could have had Brandon Ingram on the same team, it's it, it, it hurts a little bit. But we're in the Western Conference Finals, but whatever. <sighs> but get back to getting back to the point. <laughs> you like that little flex? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but getting back to the point, if the if the Heat or if the Boston Celtics want to come back, they really need to start exploiting that middle because with Bam, because that one side, you have your guards playing down low, and that that's big exposure, and you have guards on the Celtics that are good enough to penetrate and dish. But what Brad Stevens is doing, he's just playing into the zone. He's trying to get threes off when your team isn't particularly a good three-point shooting team. And that's that's definitely a an issue that I have seen with Boston even in in the last series. It didn't really matter as much uh, because once you can kind of get to the basket at will, it doesn't really matter. But when you're playing an actually, you know, defensively sound team, that yeah. you there are no easy buckets to get on the heat ever Mm -hmm. you have to do a little bit more um of a variety just to keep them on their toes and i think because you know of course we're in the analytics age they're going to take the threes you know when they're open they're they're a decent shot because everybody on boston you know of course they're not super duper with threes but you know high 30s 40s so yeah. on. It's it's a it's an okay shot most of the time, but you have dudes who are athletically gifted and should definitely be attacking the basket. Um, every other possession, somebody should be going ahead to the basket, creating some action. And we know Brad Stevens is a great coach, 
Um, so I will say that if this is not a sweep, it'll be because of Brad Stevens making some adjustments and getting them to do a few more things to get them better baskets. Um, but besides that, I can't, I can't really understand why they, why they do settle so much. And it's like, I, I look at Tatum, like, why aren't you doing the things I know you're capable of? You know, I, yeah. I know how much you can do, but I don't see you, you know, taking that load. Like you will not become quote unquote, that guy, LeBron or MJ or whoever you want to put in there. Um, so we look for that, but it doesn't feel like he's ready to take that. And oddly enough, for whatever reason, um, what's my man name? Damn, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown? Okay. Yes, I'm like, why? I just, <laughs> you know, straight out of Marietta. Shout out to Northside Marietta. Um, he has a little bit more of that dog in him than Tatum, it seems like. Yeah. And I just wish that Tatum had that same aggressiveness because, like, put those things together and it's really something to deal with. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just It just always leaves something to be desired when I look at Tatum. So I'm, it, it kind of sounds like you agree with me. I, I definitely get what you're saying. I think particularly for this series – the Miami Heat have him figured out. And it's weird to me because on Brad Stevens and because Brad Stevens is a he's a college coach. He's literally seen zone defensives for what however long he was at Butler for. So he should have pretty in-depth knowledge of how to break those presses or and break those uh those zone reads. Yeah. So what I think is he he's unable or I don't want to say he's unable, he's He's kind of scared of breaking Tatum loose into that superstar role because it's a lot like Giannis where where he's where Bootenholzer tried to hold Giannis back from with minutes restrictions. I think I think Brad Stevens is holding Tatum back from with his system, which is a great system. Obviously they're in the Eastern Conference Finals for the, like the second time in Tatum's career already. Right. But what Stevens needs, I mean, you got to let your hoopers hoop at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's kind of what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, that's, that's it. All the ball. And, and at a certain point, you got to say, fuck the system. We're going to go through you, kid, and you're going to take us to the promised land. Just like you said, LeBron does, like Kobe does. It's, it's not that Tatum probably doesn't have that killer instinct. He's probably just... So, and mind you, he's mind you, everyone, he's super young. He's 20, what, 21, 22, right? Yeah, you think he's 22. He probably hasn't de- fully developed that killer mentality because he's so young. He hasn't really needed to, if you, if you get what I'm saying. Like, he's still in the mood where he's in AAU, he's still a young man, he's still in college, kind of just finding himself. But I feel like later on, he'll find that dog in him. But as of right now, he's kind of just finding himself as a man and, you know, as a grown man in a grown man's league, if that makes sense. No, that that definitely makes sense. Uh, and it's it's a coming of age thing. And, of course, we're putting a lot on him just because of what we know he's capable of. But like yeah. you said, he's he's 22. 
You know, it, it may take a little bit more time. You know, he might have to become 25, 26 and really have some more scars from a few of these seasons before he really feels the urgency of what it means to be to like to take over a game and be that guy. Uh, because that's that's another thing you got to think about. A lot of times when you see a, a evolution, you know, it comes out of necessity. You know, you you get uh, how you want not comfortable, but. You know, if you don't go through the adversity, you get comfortable. And so once you see once you feel like you you can see the mortality of your career, I've been through this six, seven, eight times, you you have a lot more urgency uh when it comes to your actions. And it mm-hmm. it just might take some more time for it to really just set in on what, what it what is required of Jason Tatum? Shit, you uh, damn my, my internet fucked. Up. I seen it. I was like, oh, he probably go. He probably just went in and out. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, it's all right. But it's, no, keep going. Go ahead. But no, uh, what I was just saying was, well, just to sum up what I was saying, uh, Jason. Tatum's probably going to have to go through a few more scars in the playoffs, uh, something like this, uh, to really make that evolution necessary for him to take his game to that level. Uh, Because if you think about it, you don't really have the same urgency when you're young versus Mm -hmm. when you get a little bit older and you can kind of see your mortality. You like more time is taking over. You have less years in front of you and you yeah. and you start to react in a different way because you don't want to fail that's it's like i've been through this six seven eight times already yeah you know i i have to do it and you're going to do everything in your power I'm not saying he's not doing it now but he may not be calling on something that he just don't do you know shout out to all my dragon ball z fans but he might not be able to go guy mode yet you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he might still yeah. be at like Super Saiyan four or whatever, and he just need- he, he he just started missing his eyebrows on Super Saiyan three, huh? Right. You know, so he he just gotta gotta get there, and you know, and it takes that challenge in front of you after a few things to really get you there. So that that's kind of what I'm saying. All right. Okay. So before we go on to game three, I gotta ask you about this. Is this you, you talk about getting these battle scars and, you know, becoming a seasoned vet through uh, all these tribulations. What about Giannis? Mm. So what do you think about Giannis? He just, got, he just earned his second MVP. He said he doesn't deserve it, which, I mean, I'm kind of on both ends. I'm kind of teetering whether he does or not because I think LeBron had a better year. But I'm being a little bit biased. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about Giannis? Is next year the year that they at least crack the final crack the yeah crack the finals like what does Giannis what else does Giannis have to do to put this team over the hump or is he just gonna leave he could leave uh if he just wanted to go to a ready-made situation but the thing that's that's you know kind of true about the Bucks is like the team is not that nice you know, we we look at 
Giannis and the Bucks, and we add those two things together, and you get a formidable opponent, but you don't get anything that really strikes fear into your opponent besides Giannis. Yeah. You know, there isn't a second quote-unquote superstar next to him or an even superstar-level threat um, because I'm going to say this. Paul George, not a superstar. Ooh, not a superstar. Not a superstar. He's a so star. does that mean he's not an all-star? He's an all-star. Okay. He's a star. Okay. But maybe not a superstar. So. Man, you know, uh-huh. I'm like, y'all let that cook for a little bit. So if you put a Paul George next to Giannis, you have some superstar capabilities when he's not bringing it. Uh and there's nobody really even on like close to a Paul George level on the books. So that right there is going to be the first hurdle that Giannis is going to have to climb. He's going to actually have to have some real support if he wants to get to the next phase. And the other thing that is really going to just be true about Giannis until he actually gets the, I don't know what you want to call it. I guess you could say it like the tactical game when he's playing offense because a lot of what he does is off movement and athleticism. I mean, it's the, I get, I, full disclosure, everyone, I hate James Harden. I'm sure a majority of the world dislikes James Harden and the way he plays. But right when Giannis got, maybe even before Giannis got eliminated, right after game one of the Orlando series, I started to take into, I started to take what he said seriously, where Harden quote, quote Harden, he says, it takes more than just dunking a basket, dunking a basketball and being really tall to be a hooper. Ooh. And I thought that was a subtle shot. Ooh. I mean, that wasn't a subtle shot. Yeah, that was a shot. That was a shot. But now it's like, what are you gonna do next, Giannis? He he has a point. Even though his play, even though you guys have a similar playoff record, I, I mean, I, I I'm gonna have to tend to agree with James Harden. I'm not too proud to, I'm not too proud to <laughs> admit to that. He put that in the air. Here, bro. I'm not too <laughs> proud. But it's just like, damn, I didn't want James Harden to be right. <laughs> Man, and and it's really been a thing that's just the formula with Giannis the whole time, which is. You know, he's just bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. Um, it, it's never been about his off-the-dribble game, you know, putting it on the floor and going to the basket. You know, him and Kevin Durant are not that much different in size. You no. know, but look at the moveset that Kevin Durant has versus yeah. Giannis. And yeah, they've... Uh... Yeah. You know, it's like if if Kevin Durant is playing this year, does Giannis get an MVP? You know, it's like because yeah. we know what he's capable of. So we, we really just looking at what we was able to see. And that's why I, I really feel like I'm not going to say Giannis is overrated, but <coughs> I, 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 I tend to agree with you, man. Like 
LeBron was doing a whole hell of a lot more than, than Giannis to me. You know, he dominated in the way that he did very efficiently uh, because the things that he does are very, that come very easy. But when you come to what you mean to a team and, you know, how many wins you are really a part of, like LeBron carried that category all, all year. Uh, so, if we if Giannis really want to do something, he's gonna have to join forces with somebody, or figure out the rest of his game. Yeah, I think that. Um, you think? Do you think everything that the jump has been saying is true? That, that Giannis is. At, I don't know if it's the entire jump crew, but maybe <laughs> it was, uh, Richard Jefferson. Do you think that Giannis is a Pippin? Kind of, yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. Like, at this point, he is probably the best version of a Scottie Pippen you could probably have because he's freaking seven feet tall, you know, but he don't really have the same moves because Scottie could put it on the floor. Yeah. So it ain't even really that, but for this conversation, he's – Probably is a number two if it comes to being a championship winning team at this point in his career. So, okay, say that this happens. Um, the Bucks, they go, they're going all in again. They make a trip. They want to trade for somebody. Who do they go and get? I'll, um, I'll start off. I'll let you stew on it a little bit. I'll start with Bradley Beal. Mm. I think Bradley Beal. Snub, by the way, at a third-team all-elite, all-NBA. I don't know why. Yeah. But I think Bradley Beal would be the perfect, quote-unquote, Batman to Giannis's uh, Robin on the Bucks next year. And why I say that is because he has everything that Giannis doesn't have. Yeah, that, that is and that's more, actually pretty good. I think that Bradley Beal can – he has that – he has that dog in him that you say um, that you say Tatum doesn't have right now, and you know, I don't want to make this the St. Louis connection, but that was a little chip right there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Bradley Beal would be the perfect fit for him. I don't think Giannis would have to really trip about do I have to take the last shot or am I gonna have to pass it to fucking Burke Lopez or Chris Middleton to end the game? Yeah. No, if I wanted to. I can literally give it to Bradley Beal and let him cook for the game-winning three. And it just makes the most sense because, first of all, Washington is in the shits, so they're probably taking anybody and everybody that they can right now, plus draft picks. And I, I think Milwaukee has all their picks. Uh, you can get rid of Middleton. I mean, if you, if you get a younger Bradley Beal, superstar potential Bradley Beal for Middleton, who's just a good all-star a la PG, you, you can make some real noise in the East next year. Some true noise, not just regular season, but somebody, assuming that you do get them, you, you have your battle tested another year, and you get a playoff hungry dog, dropping thirty thirty five for you a game, at a at a position that you're pretty unathletic at, super unathletic yeah, when it yeah. comes to Middleton and Corver and. I forget who their third guy is. Yeah, that that, that the Bucks wing situation is a little suspect. 
It definitely is. Let me let me sit up. The 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 Bucks could definitely use some real juice on either side of the wing. And I think you may have hit the nail on the head. The perfect compliment for what Giannis is is a Bradley Beal type. Uh the thing is is like they don't have a lot to offer as far as I can see. I have to do a little bit more research to see if they got a few assets or draft picks they might be sitting on I'm not aware of, but if they were to do that, they probably have to pull in another, you know, borderline contending team that has a few assets, you know, a la like, you know, Boston Celtics who always got a few extra draft picks like every year. Yeah. Like they Go ahead. Go I'm about ahead. to say what you about to say. See, like you about to say something. They could hit up the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's not the, a bad idea. The Thunder got what, like a thousand picks in the next seven years. You can't keep all those players, and your and the last couple years, OKC's drafting hasn't been that great. So, and I think they fired Sam Presti, didn't they? Well, what is Sam Presti? Yeah. I guess he didn't. I don't know if they fired him or not. I know Donovan just decided he wasn't coming back. Um, I didn't see about them getting fired and Presley. Uh, so you have to look that uh, one up. I'm looking up. Okay, no, no, no. Maybe that was just an overreaction tweet that I saw <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> you know, man, fans be out here wilding, man, on all social yeah, media. No, no. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just looking around the league just thinking about different setups that Giannis could really fit with and it's it's really not a lot out there honestly man like unless unless there was like kind of a some way to bridge what Atlanta was is doing right now oh. with Giannis uh. I I mean they can make one team. <laughs> it's like if we can figure out like which way that needed to go in order to make because it's like they got they both got like a few parts the other one needs. It's like if we yeah. just shut them down and just made it one team, y'all probably could win something next year. I mean, you might as well. I mean, Bucks haven't really been a thing up until recently. Why can't you just throw the old OKC and shut it down for them? Oh, they they trying to add more teams to the NBA, man. Go to game one of the Western Conference Finals for a bit. We got a little bit of time. What What is your takeaway from last night's game? Well, it was kind of what I expected because I didn't think that anything that Denver had would be great for Anthony Davis mm-hmm. nor LeBron. It's just a little much. There's a little much. The thing about the thing that makes the Clippers special is the fact that they have a bunch of 
you know, six, seven, six, eight dudes that can play good defense. Yeah. The thing that makes the Lakers special is the fact that they have a seven foot dude that plays like a guard and then a six, eight freight train. You know, it's a little bit different. So you can't really finesse your way around this. Uh, And it's very apparent that Denver's going to have some problems figuring this out. You know, I feel like Jokic could um, could have him a good game or two. And, of course, Murray is, is Mur- like, bro, I ain't know it like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't know. You know, from, last, from last round. I knew he was good. I know he was that good. You know, I'm, I'm going to just say that right now. But it's just it doesn't seem like it's enough, man. They, they just don't seem like they got enough to throw at them. I, I can't find it. I, and I I saw them always doing the thing uh, where they come back late in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me see if they're ever going to get to the point where it gets to like five. And they couldn't ever get there. They just could no. not get close. And I'm like, this is going to be a problem. What, what, yeah. what you exert from that? You know, I, I I thought the game went exactly how it was going to, just like you. But my thought process was these motherfuckers are tired. They are That is white. true. They they played fourteen games in what like twenty days? Mm. Almost twenty one days. And going into the backtracking a little bit, going into the playoffs, I was a very skeptic Lakers fan. I was terrified of what was going on with Dame and CJ and you know that run that they had to make it to the playoffs I thought going into that first round series damn they have everything they have the pieces to match up with with AD to not contain them but to at least hold them a little bit but we do not have the guard play to fuck with CJ and Dame lo and behold Dame is injured and I'm not going to make that as an ex- as, as an excuse but after that series, I was kind of coasting. You know, you mentioned earlier about the Rockets and what happened to that. I wasn't even paying attention. I just put my numbers <laughs> and my bets in. I was like, fuck it. I know this shit is going to hit. Let's, let's move on. But when I saw the Clippers loss, I thought, it's a fucking wrap. There's no way the Denver Nuggets are gun- going to do anything against the Lakers. I'm not saying that, the, the, that they're going to sweep. But I could see this being a gentleman sweep of five because first of all, they've like I said, they've played twenty games. They're butt they're butt fuck tired. And <laughs> that was going to be a problem with Dwight and JaVale McGee coming out to the perimeter and guarding Jokic. It was nothing yesterday. Yeah. They moved the, the underrated thing about this Lakers team, and I say that with like air quotes underrated is their big man's ability to move their feet yeah that yeah. that is and true that, I, I didn't know that i obviously we all knew ad could do that but i didn't know dwight had the capabilities i didn't know javel could do that he probably has some he probably has um his footwork's gotten a lot better probably since golden state right which a lot but i did not know dwight howard could do that and the fact that dwight can move and he's strong as shit and he's just I mean, he had Jokic in with three fouls halfway through the second quarter yesterday. That's a problem. It's going to be bad for him. 
it's definitely going to be a problem. And we were waiting on the Dwight thing to stop working all season. <laughs> all season waiting for the Dwight thing to stop working. And it just kept working. I I don't know how LeBron was able to fix Dwight Howard, but he did. He does exactly what he needs him to do every single game. Nothing less, nothing more. And it's very much appreciated. It, it was wild because, listen to this, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard was five for eight from the free throw line yesterday. Bruh, he fixed him, bruh. <laughs> I don't know what LeBron did to this dude, man, but he fixed him. It is incredible but to watch. I saw all eight of those free throws, and I thought to myself, damn, that shot looks good. <laughs> I, I kind of turned back. I, I did a double take and thought to myself, was that Kyle Korver just now? Was oh, that my Dwight? gosh. Like, Come on, Zach. <laughs> man. But bro, like, for real, though, it was just crazy to see that. And then, you know, the legend of playoff Rondo came to fruition. It's just he gave Murray problems. I mean, Murray ended up with 21. He still ended up with a good game statistically, but he gave that kid problems all night. Yeah, and I, I can very much appreciate playoff Rondo. Um, playoff Rondo is great for you because every night he's on TV. And if we know anything about Rondo, he loves playing on national broadcast TV. <laughs> And so you just get the best Rondo almost every single night. Um, so, man, it's like this is like the best possible recipe for a LeBron team um, as far as like seasoned vets, you know, athletic guys. You know, they, they, they kind of had the conversation last night about is he the best teammate that LeBron has ever had. And Chris Webber – he said it right. You know, he's not Kyrie Irving and he's not Dwayne Wade. Um, because one, of course, they got their hardware. And two, you know, it's if if you want to just be like all the way real, it's probably Dwayne Wade until they get a championship. Because right now, Anthony Davis is probably the best everything else teammate that LeBron's ever had. You know, probably the most yeah. athletic has the most skill set. He's probably the the biggest offensive threat, biggest defensive threat, like everything, every other category. But, you know, until we can put it all together, we can't really just knock Dwayne Wade off that. But I can very much appreciate how the Lakers are taking care of business night in and night out. And it feels good, man. I think I, I, I cannot wait for the finals, bro. I know where this is going. Yeah, I, I think that the fi- I, w- I was really wrapping my head around Boston Lakers, you know, the old adage, it's a classic. You know, we had that back in 09 with Kobe, RIP to the man. But I re- I'm really getting excited about the notion of Heat versus Lakers. Bro, I'm loving you know, it, this. It's, it is a Pat Riley, it is a, it is a Pat Riley, Riley finals. Yes. And I, I dig that. I really fuck with that because you can see the DNA that he's implemented into the heat and you can really see the DNA that LeBron's 
put into the Lakers into into his team, not into the franchise. Right. Because Lewis it's so be it's a- so reciprocal. Like he start Pat Riley starts it in LA, brings it to Miami, LeBron comes to Miami, gets the DNA from Riley, and then brings it back to LA. Like it's crazy. The um it's it's like an amoeba effect. Like the cohesion is just wild and the what would be great most of all are the sideline stories that happen. Yeah. We're, we're not going to hear it initially. We're probably going to hear it like a year, two years, three years from now. But you're going to get see something where Pat Riley, you know, on his deathbed, uh, hope that doesn't happen too soon. He's going to say, you know, the year we played the Lakers, I texted LeBron. You could go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But that's just the kind of dude Riley is. Not in a malicious way, but it's like, yeah, but you fuck with my family. It, it's like it's like Italians. Yeah, I don't know man. if, if Riley's Italian, but you know that's how he kind of formed. That's how he kind of formed Miami. And man, Pat Riley is my dude uh, for a, a few different reasons, and it's this, this is going to be probably the the finals that I do not know which side I'm sitting on. Because these are literally my two favorite organizations. You know, I grew up a Lakers fan. And actually, I was a Shaq fan, too. So, yeah. when Shaq went to the Heat, that was really my first exposure to the Heat culture and everything that, that happened there. So, I kind of rolled with that, especially after Shaq left. I was like, man, I, I kind of rolled with D-Wade. You know, just I'm like, all right, I'm. you know what? I kind of like what's going on here more than I like what's going on in L.A. And I kind of never really got back. But after I kind of have, once I kind of divorced myself from being an outright fanatic of any team, you know, I just, I love the way the Heat get down. And then I love the way LeBron plays. And so this is, this is going to be a hard thing for me to like pick a side on. Like I'm. I'm I'm dreading it already just thinking about it. You know, most of all, we're just gonna see really good basketball. Really from good from both sides. Really good. You know, teams that are healthy, knock on wood, teams that are hungry and they, they just want it. They're gonna get after it. Like I'll be I, I'm a Lakers fan too. I'm a diehard Lakers fan. I, I fucking love Kobe. But if we were to submit to a team it would have to be this Miami Heat team because they just have everything that I really like about watching basketball. They got yeah. that dog in them that you can't explain. And then, and Jimmy Butler, he really proved to everyone that hey, it wasn't me on all these teams that were that were fucking up. It's just these guys were too soft and they didn't know how to they didn't know how to work hard. And bro, it's and it, it's crazy because. If you really sit back and think about it, Dragic is the fourth option on the Heat. You know, like he's if, if he's nice, but he's the fourth option. And it's like, man, that's that team is really deep. You know, top heavy, and I just cannot wait to see the matchups because it's going to be Bam, Anthony Davis. And you talk about, and I know we kind of get in the head of things, you know, and I'm yeah. and I kind of just getting excited in my head about it. But 
I'm just I'm rolling with my own predictions. So I'm I'm calling it yeah. LA Miami right games. now in the finals. And if I know how many games, I want that one to go seven. And I think it's gonna go seven because I f- okay I feel like those teams are more evenly matched than any other matchup. Because if there's one guy who won't be afraid of guarding LeBron, it's gonna be Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he will not back and down. Iguodala. And Eagle Dollar, that he's already he's done it. I cannot wait. Like I'm just like, get me there, right now. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> all this formality, <laughs> but yeah, man. But you know what though, I'm, and I'm gonna give it back to you. I'm, I, I still think Boston might have a chance if they figure something out for that whole series to go seven. Um, so that's gonna be the only thing. And um, you're I, you're right. I didn't even think about Denver. They've been in two seven game series. It's it's been great to watch them. Like they've been they've been fun to watch. But sooner or later, those fourteen fifteen games in X amount of days, it wears on you. You know, shooters stop shooting. They have no legs. Jokic starts making bad passes and starts holding his shorts, and <laughs> it's just. It's just like a wave effect where they kind of, they just get gassed out and nobody can blame them for it, but it's just something, it's just something that happens. It's just the law of the land. Like you, the law of the land is you get tired, you're going to get your ass whooped if you don't keep playing hard. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you guys, when you have guys that aren't as experienced and um, to go back on these matchups i know we're getting ahead of, of ourselves with this heat lakers matchup. the one matchup i want to see you know it's gonna you know it's gonna cause a little bit of racial tension to whoever's listening <laughs> to this. Uh, tyler hero versus alex caruso <laughs> <laughs> yo it's that's an underrated matchup that is, off the bench that is an underrated matchup but that's like that's that's the a pure representation of two Americas, if you ever seen it in life, because if you see Tyler Hero off the court, that don't look the same. Oh, yeah. like he fits Miami so well. Like there was a kinship from jump, and you know it's <clears throat> it's just unfortunate that Alex Caruso just he just like wants to have hair. You know, so it just <laughs> it just always looks funny. So I guess he's just gonna ride it out. I don't know if he's trying to get a deal. I don't know what the purpose is. I almost feel like he's getting trying to get a deal, but <clears throat> you know, it's his 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 contributions are important. You know, yeah. All con- he's trying to make LeBron feel better about himself. You know, he's like, hey, LeBron, I got less hair than you. Like, get me on the team, bro. We still good out here. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Is, is is he like the ugly friend that's trying to make LeBron feel better about himself? Yeah, bro, you know, you need that, a couple of those. Is that what we got you know, going on? LeBron got the low. I mean, lo and behold, LeBron has a sm- low ego and a or low self-esteem, I mean. And, oh you know, Crusoe's that guy just to bring oh it up every so often. And... Why wouldn't you pay a couple million a year to keep that guy around? <laughs> oh, I, I never thought about it like that. That 
I just thought they just liked him and he was a fan favorite. You know, he was solid. But no, that does, nah. that makes sense though. He make, definitely probably makes LeBron feel better about himself when he looks over there. He's like, yeah, I'm, I still look better. All right, before we start getting getting unraveled a little bit, let's go back to this Heat's uh, Lakers and uh, or this Heat Celtics game three, which is tonight. Uh, what are you expecting out of tonight's game? Well, I think like based on what we were talking about early on. I really expect Brad Stevens to make some real adjustments uh, because I do believe he's probably one of the top five coaches, if not top three in the league. Um, I don't Mm. see him wanting to continue to bump his head against the wall and keep doing everything the same way. So something is going to change. Whether or not it's going to work is a whole nother discussion. Um, so I do think that this one will probably go down to the wire, um, probably right down, you know, to the last second, uh, the, but it's just hard for me to see them just figuring out what to do with that pick and roll with Bam, because they keep switching it up with different people. And it's, it's a nightmare. I don't know what the yeah. what how they're going to solve that, but on offense, I feel like they're going to be able to figure it out a little bit better. So, do you think that Boston? So they they actually may get Gordon Hayward tonight. Um, okay, I think he'll probably be a game time decision. The game's in a couple hours. Do you think Hayward is going to make a big enough difference to swing the series? Mind you, before you answer. Hayward hasn't played at all through the bubble. He hasn't put, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't played since March, essentially. So do you think a rusty, rested Hayward coming off an ankle injury is going to make that much of a difference off the bench? Or actually, actually, let me ask you this. Would, would you start Hayward right away over Marcus Smart and put some size into the backcourt? That's a little interesting. You know, if if we were playing 2K, I'd probably do that. <laughs> I, oh, that, I would definitely uh, do that on 2K. <laughs> um, real life, I probably would stay away from doing that. Uh, only because Hayward's contributions were already limited uh, to begin with. And I don't think pushing him out there early would do too much of of a help unless you really thought that that might help his rhythm. Uh, but if you're, if, if at any point you're going to have to really restrict his minutes, then I don't think you're going to want to start him um, because yeah. that will definitely take the rhythm off. And if you want to save him for the end of the game, so it might make a a small impact, but I don't see it doing much. I really don't. It's, it's, I kind of see him being a non-factor, especially if he's not like one, excuse me, 100%. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, what, what this one remind, what this would remind me of if he did start was in 2009, when Jameer Nate, when, when Jameer Nelson came back for the Orlando Magic on that finals run. Remember, he didn't yeah. play for, like, that entire playoff run either. And then they thrusted him into the uh, starting lineup uh, versus the Lakers. 
Mind you, they were never going to win, but I felt that was little forced on Van Gundy's part. And that kind of fucked them up because that season, Turkaloo was on a tear. Uh, or that postseason, Turkaloo was on a tear. Rashard Lewis was on a tear. I think Courtney Lee was on the team. And I forget who their backup what point guard was, but they were clicking. I mean, they made it to the finals for a reason. And I think they, if they slowly integrated Jameer Nelson back that season, uh-huh. they wouldn't have won, but they wouldn't got their asses beat 4-1 like they did. And I think this is the same thing that happened that will happen to Boston if if Brad Stevens decides to do to go with that. Yeah, and I, and I don't think Brad Stevens is the type to to really shoot himself in the foot like that. Um, they they've been taking it easy with him, you know, since he's came back in the first place, um, you know, from last year. So I I I don't really see that changing too much. Um, Going into this, even if they are a little bit desperate and, and kind of against the wall, um, I, I still see them just kind of sticking to the plan and, you know, finding out where he can fit best. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so I, I will – oh, actually, we're out of time. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we were going for a minute. All right, let's do this last thing real, real, real quick. Okay. Um, so we got one more game. We got one game tomorrow for uh, NBA. What's one football game that you're going to watch tomorrow? Are you looking at the schedule right now? Yeah. Name, name me a few. We're going to do it quick. All right, we'll go Ravens-Texans. Uh, Patriots-Seahawks is uh, Sunday night football. Um Raiders Saints is on Monday. Okay. We we could talk about that 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 Sunday night game. Let's see. That um, that, that Falcons Cowboys. Yeah, I, I don't want any part of the Falcons. You know, you know I'm out here in Atlanta, but we don't we don't <laughs> fool with the Falcons like that. I, you know, my kids they like the Falcons because they're a home team. But I told you, man, before we started this podcast, how I felt about NFL, and that was I don't get emotionally involved with teams. You know, because they often disappoint in the worst ways. And the Falcons are definitely example number one. Uh, They're definitely of that ilk. You know, they just, ever since that Super Bowl year, it's just been pretty bad. But I feel like tomorrow against the Cowboys, they can cover the spread. <laughs> Which is cool. <laughs> I, I can see they can cover a spread. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are places where they are useful. But cheering for them and hoping they win is not one of them. Um, yeah. So, so tomorrow's main game is probably the – I'm actually really interested in this game. Might not hold a lot of weight to some people. The Panthers versus the Bucks. I want to see how Tom Brady hmm. reacts to this loss with a team who doesn't know how to bounce back. Hmm. And a team that, that does – yeah, a team and a group of players that don't know right. how to bounce this, back. They just, they just historically know how to lose, you know? Hmm. So you want to see if, if Tom can actually bring the, the, the fortitude that they often had in New England where they drop a couple and then, you know, rip off 12, 13 straight. You... Yeah. I mean, and not necessarily just rip off 12, 13. I want to see does the offense look better? Right. Does, does Tom look more in sync with his wide receivers? And they're going to be without Godwin tomorrow, I think. Hmm. And most of all, you know what they say, the old adage is, Good teams win, great teams cover. And the spread is eight and a half. 
Yeah, I'm gonna need you to like give me your whole gambling picks. You know, every week on on if you ain't gonna do it on a podcast, put it in a uh, in a newsletter <laughs> or something. You know, what I'm saying help the people out out here. Help us make a little. I got break. you, bro. I got you. We're we're building multiple streams over here. If you guys want to get on the wagon, like we can make it happen. You gotta know that, man. But yeah, I'm uh, I really, I have forgot about that that um. New England and Seattle game because they haven't played since that Super Bowl for one. They played the year after. Yeah, well, yeah, they, just the, the interdivision, interdivision um, games. That's why. That's right. So they, they does this doesn't happen that often. Um, no. I want to see Cam, and I want to see Russell Wilson on the stage, of course. Um, but I really want to see. What it does, because, all right, let me backtrack a little bit. I'm trying to make it quick. But the thing that, if you remember, Carolina used to play Seattle all the time. Yeah. And it will always be a great game because both quarterbacks were always putting out something out their ass. But you never really believed in Carolina actually winning the game. This is the first time where Cam is going to be playing Seattle where I feel like there's a potential for them to really get a win. You know, I actually believe in Cam and the team right now. Um and so I'm I'm interested to see how that one really turns out. Well I, I think I think you hit it on the nail, but I'll add to that it's not just you you say can Cam get the win. Now it's can Cam and his team get yeah. the win. Because like you said before, it used to be only Cam. He used to have to throw it up Greg Olson, who's a solid tight end, yeah. plays for the Seahawks now. Um, yeah, he, he never had the best receivers. I mean, functions. He didn't have to. Um, Funches and Curtis Samuel. And who was his backfield? C.J. Anderson and some other guys. He didn't even have Steve Smith for very long. So I'm really excited. I'm like you. I'm really excited to see Cam on a team against the Seahawks where it's – where he has the weapons, he has the mastermind to figure out how to beat this team. And plus, I need the Seahawks to lose because the Niners are 0-1. <laughs> it's always about self-interest, man. Hey, we're selfish out here, you know? We're selfish. But we about the community. <laughs> Got to know that, man. Oh, I... But, um, hey, guys, that's going to be it. See, see uh, let them know where they can find you at, bro. Uh, you can find me at the Rundown South. There's D A Rundown South, all over the internet, um, all social media, or you can go to therundown.com if you want to find every way to listen to the podcast. And of course, if you want to get in touch with me personally, um, you can email me cl at therundown.com, and I'm going to be changing my handles is gonna it used to be at CL the main event I'm gonna be at CL pod game uh for now on so look out for the new handle coming soon I don't know if that really matters but you know whatever get out with get out it always matters all right guys that's gonna be it for this special Saturday episode of the Optus Do podcast make sure to like and subscribe I'm probably gonna put this up on Facebook so share this shit definitely um Follow me on Instagram at Off the Stoop Podcast. Follow my personal at Wally Hippolito. Same goes for my Twitter. And shout out to CL for coming on to this beta episode of Gamble Sports Talk of Off the Stoop Podcast. 
Until next week, guys, next Thursday and Saturday, I'm off Paul Polito. Peace. Peace. This is the running down. This is the running down.